Hi, this is Larry Pasca, Executive Director of NCSS, the National Council for the Social Studies. This episode features an author published in an NCSS journal. Please enjoy. You're listening to Visions of Education, a podcast where we take a look at big ideas in education from different perspectives. Hi, I'm Michael Milton, a high school teacher from Massachusetts. And I'm Dan Kretka, an education professor in Texas. We're here to help bridge the gap between educators in the K-12 and those professors in higher ed. We hope this podcast will help bring those fuzzy ideas in education into focus. Michael, I think a lot of social studies educators and citizens in general have have seen a lot of the anti-Asian racism and violence that has been in the news lately. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully it's a a conversation that's addressing a a topic that's just too often overlooked. I I don't know if you feel that way at your school, but Asian American histories seem to not get as much attention in standards and seem to not get as much attention in the classroom. And so it leaves a lot of teachers and students potentially, you know, not ready for this moment. I agree wholeheartedly. I have nothing to uh, disagree with that. <laughs> and well, and we, we can do more on this. You know, we've had we've had a couple episodes that have touched on Asian American histories, but I don't mm-hmm. think since episode 76 with uh, Dr. Noreen Nassim Rodriguez have we had an episode that explicitly focused on it. So it's certainly and now we're uh, like time- at 160 or something. Yeah, we're, we're up there. And so I think it's time for us to reflect on on where our focus is and whose stories that we're telling. And, and so I think today we'd like to jump right into it and bring our guest in because we have a guest who is you know, a very accomplished scholar and expert in the social studies on Asian American and Asian diaspora and global histories. Um, And so we're excited to welcome her into the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Soyeon An. Welcome. Hi, nice to meet you, everyone. My name is Soyeon An. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, We do do appreciate the fact that you are willing to, to chat with us today. Yeah, it's a, it's an honor to be here with you and talk about the articles around the article and also whatever the question around the, like teaching about Asian American history in social studies. So yeah, I'm already excited. Can you start by telling us just a little bit about your background in education? Alrighty, yeah. So my name is Soyeon An. Uh, originally came from South Korea, so I was born there, grew up there, went to school there. I was a middle school, high school teacher. And then I came to United States for my doctoral study in 2003 at UW-Medicine. And since then, I've been, I've been here. <laughs> so it's been a co- almost 20 years. And at Kennesaw State University, uh, I'm an elementary social study teacher educator. So my goal in teaching is all about like how to, how to support my student to become anti-racist social study teacher, uh, particularly in elementary education. My research center is also around uh, anti, uh, anti-racist social studies curriculum with a particular attention to the issues of inclusion and representation of Asian American history. And then like, uh, also I'm a critical race mother scholar. I have two children. So um, my goal as a mother and also scholar is to support my children so that they can reject, uh, resist the white supremacy and other oppressive ideology that, you know, they might hear at school and beyond the school. And also by doing so, my children also teach me, right, how to, how white supremacy and dominant, ide- dominant ideology shape the children's life, like how that works in the children's world. So that's pretty much like being a teacher, educator and researcher and mother scholar. That's all like jumbled together. Kind of messy, but yeah, that's who I am. What are the uh, what are the ages of your children, and how have they, like, what are some 
not challengeable, what are some things that they've brought to you? Sure. Like uh, my, the first one, I have two daughters. One is now she's seventh grade. And then the other one is third grade. So yeah, third grade, right? Like after a couple of like many months of doing the virtual schooling after since the pandemic and lockdown began, like uh, like two or three months ago, she decided to go back to face-based learning, right? For she's a student, face-based learning and right away, right? Then one day she came home and mommy, you know, I know, I know you told me that say like, I'm not a virus, but you know, when I heard my, my classmate so-and-so uh, called me, oh, Terry, you're Chinese and you must have a China virus. So Terry, she said, mommy, I, I, I couldn't say what, I didn't know what to say, right? I just cried. So yeah, th- that kind of thing, right? Like it's just right there. Um, although even if like we talk about this to prepare her for the school situation after like a home, like, you know, the virtual schooling at home for a while, but you know, we know that the kids talk about, kids just say what they hear, right? At home. So we talk about this, but then, you know, Terry was saying like, mommy, I didn't know what to say. So we had a, like a big conversation and then her big sister joined and she's the seventh grade. So we had a, hey, Terry, when you're here next time and, you know, use that moment to, to teach your friends, right? About the, so, so that one, another piece, okay, for example, even, even the, like a, the article that I'm going to talk about today at, that is actually coming from my trial and error with my first child. So when first child was going through the all the way in Georgia public school system, she's now in middle school. But as a like a first time immigrant mom, I didn't know how to work with the school. But then like one of the things that she said about mommy, why we don't learn about all Asian American history? It's just all about white people's history, right? The kids, kids see it. And um, so those, those things, right? Kids are, kids are reading the message from the textbook. Kids are message, message, uh, uh, reading the message from the teacher so those are the like a conversation starter and then we talk about you know that that is a part of like a homeschooling right home learning and i think one thing that's important is that you clearly doing this critical work with your own children as a teacher educator is something you do all the time which makes you a lot more prepared i think to do this right for the, the teachers who are probably struggling oftentimes are the ones who haven't been thinking about these issues i you're one of the first guests we've had on this podcast who I've actually got to experience teaching me a lesson because I went to the elementary social studies summit. Ah, um, and, okay. and you and you were we featured you, you know, brief little part on episode 118. You were featured on that. And you taught a really great lesson about thinking about citizenship and patriotism, right? If I remember right. And we and you had a lot of images around the room, which I really love, like getting students up. And the students were were going around and we were, I remember like the lesson very vividly, which is a good testament to a good lesson, right? If I can actually remember it a couple of years later and we were getting up and we were evaluating whose visions of citizenship. Did I get that right? Is that the lesson? And by the way, it was a really great lesson. So I already know you're a really talented teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, then, right. I, I remember that day, like two day, two years ago, I think at uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, right? Uh, that lesson is about like, I'm using textbook analysis, how to teach Korean art from the different countries of perspectives, right? And then role play and the primary source analysis through the gallery work. So I put the like a patriotism and the citizenship. So students walk around the room and then to find the like a photo that speak to them, like a good citizenship that uh, according to their own definition about what does it mean to be a good citizen. And also which photo uh, makes you like the representing your definition of a patriotism. So that can be a great, like a conversation starter because every student will pick up maybe different photo, right? Based on how they uh, define patriotism. 
Yeah, and we've had some other really good elementary lessons around that on, on past podcast episodes, thinking about things like Black critical patriotism in elementary school and helping students. So I really thought your, your lesson aligned with that. Right. Well, and, and, and so early, early on here, right in the podcast, I think um, for teachers that are, are thinking about how can I address anti-Asian racism right now, um, what, what are some, what's some of the advice or some of the, the things you might tell them and, and to think about as they, as they try to do, um, address that in their classrooms? So, yeah, it, it's a hard, right? Like, I think after Atlanta mass shooting, like I got a, like a phone call, I had an interview with a time magazine. So me and also along with uh, Noreen also is featured in that uh, time magazine article uh, along with the many other, some other like, you know, Asian American scholars. So then like after that magazine is sent out, like I get published, right? Like I got, I had many like emails from like uh, all over the country, the Asian American parents and even the teachers, right? Like, you know, I totally agree with you. I'm mother like you, I'm strong struggling because my children's school doesn't teach anything about Asian American history. So how do, how do I, like, how do I approach the teachers so that they can teach elementary social study with like along with the Asian American history is that like the within. So parents make concern and also teachers, right? Yeah, I, I, agree. I totally agree, but I don't know where to start. So I think then like you right there because the teacher even who, who really wanted to do, but then like there's no, they may, but you know, because I think we as a teacher educator, we didn't like equip them like with a tool to teach this kind of work. But then I'm kind of a little hesitant there too like uh, when we see the failure of this whole multicultural education right when it first started with uh, like uh, during the civil rights movement like a multicultural education but then like uh, when multicultural education become the mainstreamed then the teachers right just like oh yeah maybe like food and holiday or heritage month check off like so then those like a uh, one event one lesson is not really anti-racist education it's not a multicultural education so same thing with the uh, like teaching about okay i'm an elementary school teacher i'm, I'm like i'm teaching fifth grade or maybe you know here and there maybe i can talk about this so that doesn't it's like a bandage approach right like we need to have like a big theme each ethnic study has like, their own big theme especially when it comes down to like asian american history it's about around like you know the nativism it's around like immigration it's about u.s war and imperialism in asia but but then our the theme was different from like what lagara king talks about like a black teaching black history right the black history has its own framework because a white supremacist white supremacist had to shape our the BIPOC groups alive in a similar and also unique way. And then it's not just like, okay, like a uh, Martin Luther King lesson, maybe who's your, your hero? Now I can do all about like a reader, he's a hero and everything is great, you know? So it's not, it's better. I don't think it's better than not doing it. Actually, maybe it may be worse. Um, so I think for the teachers, I think for the teachers, the, the, uh, what is important thing is really like a spending some time, just sit down, read at least maybe like a one, Asian American history books. So it's like, and so then read it and then rethink it. Wow. Okay. So I think, yeah, reading, start with the one book, one history book as ethnic study around Asian American history and then rethinking and reimagining how I can like a weave in, like, right, where's entry point that Asian Americans can come together with the, uh, the Black history or the Latin history or the indigenous history. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And it, it's such a good point about um, the ways that, I mean, even multicultural education, right? I mean, J James Banks, who's one of the early 
uh, people in multicultural education. You know, he was very specific about not doing these surface level things, but that's what it turned into in so many classes. And so every time something new comes out, culturally relevant pedagogy, um, you know, and culturally sustaining pedagogy, anti-racist teaching, it seems to quickly be sanitized by a lot of teachers who don't do kind of the hard work. And so some of your initial advice, um, aside from, and you've, you've, worked in doing Asian crit, right? And you uh, published a really good article in TRSC, Theory and Research and Social Education, 2016, from an Asian crit perspective. So what is some of the characteristics of the framework for Asian crit? Yeah, so I think all the like uh, uh, CRT branch, the branches of like uh, uh, branches uh, come out from the critical race theory, like a lat crit, like Asian crit, tribal crit, or white crit, those like a the branches, right? Like it's not about like, it's more about build on the CRT, but extending it. So then like a bottom line, we have many uh, similar tenor, right? Like a racism is normal, but then like a, what, how the Asian could extend from the CRT. So racism is normal, but then the racism that like works, so how the white supremacy, white supremacy works works in Asian America, it's more about like a nativist racism. So it's about the racism, but then it's a nativism is combined. So it's like the black anti-blackness is not, we want to go back to Africa that much, right? But when it comes to the Asians, it's more about the racism types of the, you are foreigner. So go back to your country right away. So that part, you are the foreigner. So then like Asian Korean, one of the like key tenets about nativist racism. Another key tenet is a transnational, transnationalism. So again, it's a related to this, right? Like Asian as a foreigner. So that whatever happened in China, that impacting on Asian Americans in the United States. Okay, Japan attacked the Pearl Harbor. Then like, you know, oh my gosh, the Japanese, Japanese Americans should be like a rounding up sent to the prison camp. If like, a, let's say something happened, like a Britain, let's say attacked some of the tiny island of a US colony. I don't think we will say, oh yeah, all the rounded up, all the British people sent to the prison camp. So whenever what happened in like in some of the Asian countries, because they still think, even if I'm here, like a fifth generation, let's say Chinese America, but then whatever something happened to China, China did a horrible thing to the United States, there, there may be a chance that my life, like the people were attacking us, right? Just because the China virus studying in like a Chinese people call it China virus, right? Why? They think it's so like a coronavirus studying in China, then suddenly all the China, Chinese Americans or the, any, anybody that people like me looking like a Chinese in the white people's side, we are the, we, we need to be punished. If like, let's say coronavirus is studying in like, you know, Germany, I don't think a German American will be getting the hate crime. Right. So that's right. a bit. So then Asian Creed highlight one of the key, the two key tenets that is uh, like a different from the critical race theory. It's like an nativism, nativist racism, and then transnationalism. So Asia and United States is so like what happened in China, what happened in Asia, it impacting on Asian Americans' life here, what's happening here. I th that's really helpful. And I, and I really appreciate your work, which I've, we've also linked your TRSC article, uh, which is not even the one we're talking about fully today. We're going to talk about another article you wrote, but I use that in my, I've used it in my doctoral classes too. And I think it speaks to how different forms of racism against different groups exist in the United States. And I think you make such a great point. And that's something I think I've really know that I've had to grow and learn is, is how is anti-Black racism different from settler colonialism, you know, yeah. 
was different from anti-Asian racism. And you see these things and, and you know, themes like the perpetual foreigner um, that's that's oftentimes against um, Asian Americans, which is can can lead to these, you know, the violence that's making the news or these microaggressions that happen in everyday lives. And so one of your suggestions earlier, were you saying that, um, uh, of course, the biggest thing you got to do is start reading and learning, right? I mean, this is not a, this is not a, there's not a kit to hand you to learn how to teach, um, uh, you know, against anti-Asian racism. Uh, but, but do you have any suggestions for, again, for teachers, like what they, what they might think about doing in their classrooms, knowing that they're going to have to put in real intellectual work and time to, to do this? Yeah. Of course, yes. Like when I say, like go and read first. Like you know, I don't think that is like it will take one one year, right? Like it's just like a tiny little like Asian uh, American history. There's more like a simple version, right? Rather thick one. And even like I so if you are people like me, because I'm I'm also not not a, like a scholarly book reader. I, I rather watching like movie or documentary. So the good news is that PBS last year around like a uh, AAPI Heritage Month, uh, PBS like uh, aired like a five series of five documentary film so it's like asian american history one-on-one but then they divide into five series it's just so like beautifully done so i was binge watching with my children with my my uh, spouse we were watching like sometimes we were giggling sometimes we were crying so like with the, through the five episodes with each theme like a citizenship or the immigration or the hollywood uh, representation or the war so it goes like all the themes in asian american history so i think it, that's the lesson in five hours so if teachers really willing to i i really like invite and also because of this whole like atlanta mass shooting afterwards pbs now that they uh put it everything uh it's a free access so five episodes you can watch it for free that's so that i maybe you may want to just sit down you know uh with like a some drink and i'm watching like binge watching they don't like to give you some like a really one-on-one overview one-on-one like a brief overview of asian american history and then there are just so many great ways to start. Like, let's say you are like a fifth grade teacher and you're thinking about like a civil rights movement, right? But then it's civil rights movement, like in Georgia, it's all about white versus black binary. It's all about starting in the 19, you know, uh, 50 with the 1965. It's about like all the, like, a, the, you know, how white supremacy shaped the black people's life. There's nothing about like a yellow power movement, red power movement, feminist movement, like, you know, right. the, environmental racism there's nothing but then like, if you watch the those like this then you will know that like you know yeah, there's just such thing called like asian american civil rights movement like a yellow power movement and then if you just google it i'm sure noreen's work will pop up and my mm-hmm. work will pop up in the ssyl and the sc and CSS, some like uh, articles around that so yeah i think resources are just out there but then i think with the watching the pbs documentary where the asian american uh show like a, a book then and, if, and then you are like a third, first grade teacher, then you are thinking of teaching about the Ruby Bridge, if in, like in my article in Georgia, uh, the Ruby Bridge, then there's a, you know, maybe team, Asian American girl, like a 1880 in California, who also went to the Supreme Court to, to fight for her equal, her right to attend the public school. So then there is a, like a resource that this is a Google, it's great. And another thing, <laughs> I think one of the because COVID brought like a, so much, so many miseries, but one of the few things that COVID brought that changed in a positive way is about like, okay, we don't have to spend a lot of money to attend the professional development. We don't have to travel. You know, I don't have to book a plot flight or you know hotel because it's like conferences like free, right? It's virtual. 
And also, like, there's so many, like, a TED Talks, like, a video, like, an anti-race, uh, the evolution is a teaching network. So, it's resources just out there, just waiting for you. It's, I think it's more about, like, you just, like, wow, woke, right? Okay, yeah, I really need to talk about this Asian American history, where I start, and then let's look at my standard. Okay, I'm, I'm third grade teacher, I'm teaching this and this, this. So, just Google it up, and then it'll just pop up. <laughs> I think well, that's and- and unfortunately there's there's not a lot of asian americans oftentimes in the standards and so so what it is is you're it's about making these connections so let's let's discuss your article that you wrote so you wrote an article uh that was published in social studies in the young learner it was published in 2020 and i've also already used this one in my class as i mentioned Uh, and my students really love this article because it gave them a really good example of how the apps how we can address the absence of asian americans in the curriculum by just looking at connections of of oppression across different groups. And so the article is titled First Graders Inquiry into Multicolored Stories of School Parentheses D Segregation. And this was published in Social Studies in the Young Learner. So congratulations on that publication. Yes, I'm so excited. Yay. (laughs) So can you can you tell us about the article? And it's a really good story too that you tell in this article about how it came about. Yeah. So <laughs> this is also all coming from like, you know, my messy work. I'm teacher educator. So I'm frustrated with like, you know, but then by now it's no news. I mean, many of us who are in this field, no news. So like my student pre-service elementary school teacher come in with like no no background knowledge, right? No, because we shortchange them through the K to 12, even in the college education. So nothing about school segregation. They only think about, right, the brown case. Uh, the school segregation, even in Georgia state standard, it's all about white versus black, you know, racial bias, starting with the brown case, end with the brown case. So then like a, my, like a teacher educator, what, how I can do better. And also I'm curriculum scholar with the Asian American uh, history curriculum. So I know about Mamie Tay along with the other cases there too. And also like a bonder scholar of frustration coming to like, a, as I'm going through like a first time mother, like, you know, helping my first child, like I'm seeing Georgia state standard and the teachers enacted a lesson. Oh my gosh, this is so white curriculum. So then with my second child, it was more about like, and also as an immigrant parents, I didn't grow up in the United States, even if a scholarly work and read about it. So then, yeah, I, as a parent, I have a right to like push the school, but you know, with my cultural background too. So I was a little like a kind of passive approach. It's more about like undoing the education that my kids are getting from the school, the white curriculum. So the at home. So the, that was my first child. So after my first child, like with my second one, now just studying the public schooling, like I need to do better. So then it's more also coming from the mother scholar work. So then when Terry turned into my second child, Terry turned into the first grade, the first grade in Georgia, it's all about American, you know, American heroes in Georgia. So like, as you might guess, Ben Franklin, like Thomas Jefferson, blah, blah. And then there's a Ruby bridge. So then I pushed my child at the first grade team. So then like, you know, Ru- traditionally the, by based on what my kids learn, they, the teachers spent the two weeks just learning about the Ruby bridge. So then what about we use Ruby bridge as a gateway to learn about other girls like a Ruby bridge, right? Who fought for the equity in education. So then like I had like a, you know, the 
kind of mini version of professional development at first grade the school team and at school after school and we talk about I share with all the resources and like uh, lesson plan ideas and kind of things so teachers all jump jump on the board so then that's how this article so it's more about that the article is written from mother scholars point of view and even the studying the vignette is my me and the, my daughters like at the conversation so through this work and what I wanted to achieve and also along with the, the uh, first grade teacher team is that like, you know, children are not too young, right? They can talk. They are ready to talk about difficult knowledge, difficult history. They know what's fair, unfair. They know, you know, what is the just or unjust. If teachers are willing to, they, they love to dig in, you know, that is so mm-hmm. unfair. You know, that's what we heard. Like when kids are learning about Mamie Tay, when they heard about Ruby Bridge, when they heard about Alice Piper and Sylvia Mendes. Another thing a teacher we, we also wanted to highlight is the curriculum matters. Like a Terry in the first page, she said, when I asked Terry after the culminating assignment was after the, all the kids learn about Ruby Bridge along with the you know, Mexican, Mexican child and the Chinese child and indigenous uh, the girl, they, they're all like a school segregation struggle. And then we have them to choose like a one girl from the history among the four and then themselves. So we want them to compare themselves with a girl from the history and I asked the teddy bro like mommy this is what we did today so that when I saw her Venn diagram she compared herself with a Mamie Te, which was like who is a Chinese American girl who fought for school uh, who fought against the school segregation against uh, Chinese American kids during 1880 so when I asked Ch- uh, Terry hey Terry among those four why did you choose Mamie and she said well I like all the girl story but I like Mamie the best I, I like Mamie's story the best because she looked like me so then the kids, right? Yeah. Kids love to see themselves in the curriculum. Yeah. So then I think the curriculum really matter. And also the, because of like Atlanta mass shooting, we saw it, right? 21 year old white man, he wanted to kill all Asians, right? All Asian women in particular. He was, he must be like a first grade kids, right? First, first grade student back in the day in Miss So-and-so's classroom. He must be in a fifth grade classroom in Mr. Davis' classroom, right? So then they, if we don't do this work, if we don't teach the kids, uh, our students, right? From early on through the older their education, American history doesn't belong to white people. America, the racism is not just white versus black. It's all about like all the people somehow, right? Like with the whole this system of like white supremacy, our lives has been you know shaped and struggled but with the resiliency so we the another big key point of this whole project was about the curriculum matter how to so that we shape the curriculum white dominant curriculum into multicolored uh curriculum so the students what they did was like learning about the four girls with a different ethnic or race and then they also like you know compare themselves uh with the historical figures and also like what they can do right after they learn about this so that article is a pretty much um uh, from yeah, mother's me as a mother scholar, trial and error. This time, I think I was a little like so happy to see the, all the kids just shine. One day, I came to the school as a mystery reader. I read uh, "Separate is Never Equal." Like he's all mm-hmm. like. Oh. They love to share in first grade, right? They're excited to share what they know. They, and also they can say what is fair and unfair, right? So yeah, that was a great like a great moment. Well, and Separate is Never Equal is the book that that addresses Sylvia Mendez's uh, case of being a Mexican-American who is facing, you know, both 
you know, anti-Mexican American racism and uh, school de- school segregation. And so we've, we actually talked about that. If you, uh, if you want to learn more in episode 55, teaching Mexican American histories with Maribel Santiago, do you want to tell us about the four girls featured in this? So, so Ruby Bridges is the one that that's oftentimes is, is in the curriculum. There's a Disney movie about her life. And uh, do you want to tell, tell us? Yeah, that's a, well. You can watch it on Disney Plus. I don't know. At some point during the pandemic, I watched it. Was it uh, good? <laughs> it was. I would say it was okay. I always remember there was a line early on that that bugged me a little bit. That kind of may, seemed to make the case that Ruby Bridges needed to go to this white school to get a better education. Oh and God. I remember really thinking that was a little problematic that they didn't deal with that more because she ended up going to a white school and facing like racism. Right. And so I ended up thinking, I'm sure if she went to a black school, she would have been far more supported at this time period. Having said that her parents and her should have had the right, of course, to go to the school that they chose. Uh, but I think oftentimes the assumption that white schools are better schools is is problematic. That's that's my one qualm with it. Otherwise, it's kind of like a family movie. It's like a it's so it certainly is a I don't want to stay a little cheesy in how it addresses it, but um, <laughs> it, it's a little cheesy. So, do you want to tell us about the four the four young girls that are featured in the article? Yeah, sure. Uh, so there's a Mamie tape. She is Chinese American, U.S. born Chinese American girl in. 1880s in California, San Francisco. So again, thinking about 1880, right? Oh my God, it's a horrible, like a Chinese exclusion act. There was an anti-Chinese movement by like an angry, uh, and also there was like an angry white mob, like, you know, massacring Chinese miners and Chinese laborers, like one case after another. So that is a really scary time. So most of like a Chinese Americans, Chinese uh, immigrant parents, they keep their children home. And also, you know, during that time, even like they wanted to pass uh, like a bill to exclude all the Chinese because Chinese are like a burden to the United States. So then, you know, we are, they are not even, even if their children are U.S. born uh, children, like by the 14th Amendment, their children deserve their public education education and also they are tax like a tax paying like a lawful resident but they kept it at their school and also kept it at home uh, and also of course San Francisco school district didn't even have a, even segregated school for the you know Chinese American kids there's a segregated school for the white segregated school for the black but there's no school so Mamie's parents know my children she, she my my daughter Mamie she's a U.S. born citizen and we are like a tax paying lawful citizen we deserve education so then they brought the Mamie to the you know the home their local white school. Of course, the principal, uh-uh, this school is for the white white kid. You cannot come. So then Mamie and Mamie parents, like they actually challenged the school. They sued the school principal and the school district. It went up all the way to the San Francisco, uh, no, the uh, California State Supreme Court. And guess what? The Mamie one. <laughs> So that was a Mamie Cave, 1880. So by bring out this Mamie, the Mamie is a court case, right? So then Brown versus Bordovich is not the only single like a court case of a school segregation. Not only that, school segregation is not just a white versus black. You know, school segregation, also Asian community also deal with, had to go through with this fight against like a school uh, exclusion or the school like a segregation. So highlighting and also school segregation, this whole racism is not on the South. It's not just a South problem right even the west coast uh, has their own way of like you know doing that kind of work 
the second child, the second girl that they, next girl that they learned about was like Alice Piper. So Alice Piper is like a uh, 1920, again, it's in California. She was indigenous girl. So after like a horrible, like a boarding school, right? Even like, a, although they provide the basic schooling, but she endured. So she finished, she finished a federal, like a federal, like a sponsored uh, boarding school, but that was just basic education. So uh, Alice Piper, she wanted to continue middle school and high school and she wanted to go to college. But but then after the boarding school, there's no education for the indigenous kids. So then she, you know, she wanted to go to like a, uh, so she went to the local high school in her neighborhood. And then of course the principal said, you don't belong to our, my wife school. So then she challenged the, you know, the, um, her school district, it's a Piper versus a Big Pine school district. It was a 1920 something. I forgot the exact uh, year, a year doesn't matter, but 1920 something. And then it went all the way up to the like a Supreme Court. Again, Alice Piper won. So that is Alice Piper case. Again, it shows like, it also like in a, if we can, with the first grade, we couldn't go into detail, but if students learn about this court case in like fifth grade, when they learn about Brown case, uh, kids can also learn about how the white supremacy, how, uh, uh, how can say plays out for the indigenous kids education, right? The black children's education or the, uh, the indigenous kids education is different, right? For the indigenous students, it's about like a boarding school. It's a, another form of like cultural genocide. So it's kind of different, right? How anti-blindness work, how settler colonialism work. So we can highlight similarity and difference there too. And then the uh, the third case, the next case is a Sylvia Mendes. We many know, right? The Maribel did a great job, and I even using her work in my teaching there to in order to go deeper about the uh, Sylvia Mendes case. So then Sylvia, we know the Mexican American child, and in 1940 before the uh, the Brown case. Again, by highlighting this uh, Chinese and the indigenous and Mexican uh, uh, girls' story, along with the Ruby Bridge, and then along with the Brown case, so then students can see at least like a more than be go beyond the black versus the white binary when it comes to the school segregation or the uh, racism uh, racism history in general. Not only that, like you know, school segregation fight against the school segregation it goes all the way back to 1880 actually the first case was 18 1840 sarah roberts uh the black girl in you know city of boston so then again brown case is not just one day just one court case the, the struggle was not that heavy just there was only one court case no there's like you know from the starting from the 1840 it's like a court case after another like a almost a 70 80 court cases up until like a 1950 right. uh, a brown case that also shows how hard it is to bring the change, right? It's not brown, just like a, we just tried it and we won. No, before that, like so many failures, but there also, there's just some partial success, but it wasn't nationwide, right? Like a brown. So there's maybe like here and there's some successes and always one step forward to step backward, keep going. So also by bring this long history of, and also multicolored history so that we, we can debunk the myth Right when students are thinking about schools, otherwise it's all starting with the brown and with the brown, we are all happily ever after. So yeah, that four girls that students learn. It's it's a really good article, and I really appreciate it. I also like the drawings and showing the student work that was that was in the in the article. So the the article does appear to be open access and linked. So we we really highly recommend you do that. Yeah, I always think about the Sarah Roberts case because it happened before the Civil War. Like, and I don't know how much it's it's featured, Michael, in Massachusetts, right? But the um, the Sarah Roberts case is, is incredible. So you see this long struggle in in different communities over time. I've actually never heard of it. And now I feel really bad. 
<laughs> Michael, well, it's we even have like a children's book, like a Sarah, mm -hmm. the Sarah Roberts. Uh, I, I don't know. You can, uh, the first step, the title is the first step. It's a beautiful book, like a really more realistic, like a picture illustration. It's a big picture book along with, uh, and at the end, of course, like a separate is never equal. Like a, at the end of the book, it has all the timeline. And the, after that first case, uh, you know, how many courts is open to even today, the court cases kind of thing. So it's a, it's a great book to, you know, use it. Even like, I think a high school case, right? The picture book. Book, but then it has some historical information. Yeah. I do enjoy. I do enjoy a picture book. Uh, All right. Well, we'll definitely we'll get that one in the show notes and, and add it to the list. I uh, if I can make a book recommendation too, I'll tell you. Um, I think a part of this work, uh, Doctor On, is is really rethinking our curriculum ac across grade levels, across subject areas. And I know in teacher education, we often have doctoral classes around curriculum, and they tend to focus on white men curriculum thinkers, right? John Dewey, Vygotsky, Piaget, like all these people in the early who, about curriculum. And, and um, recently my colleague, Dr. Amanda Vickery, you know, suggested a different book. She suggested a book called Reclaiming the Multicultural Roots of U.S. Curriculum. Um, and it's by Wayne Au, Anthony Brown, and Dolores Calderon. I'll put it in the show notes. And it transformed the way I thought about curriculum because one of the stories is about the quote unquote oriental schools in California where they face segregation and these these uh, communities of Chinese and, and you know, Japanese communities oftentimes not only did they have to address the oppression that existed, but they created their own curriculum where they sustain language, they sustain culture. And, and it's really cool to learn about. And that story is not the story we often talk about. And so I think in every setting, we need to rethink about whose story are we telling here and from whose perspective, because there's oftentimes a lot of um, we, we center whiteness, we center the white stories consistently. And once we quit doing that, we start seeing um, a lot of different ways that we could be teaching and learning in our schools. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice do you have for teachers who want to teach uh, Asian American histories better? Mm. So I think, as I said, at the beginning of our talk conversation, like uh, I don't, I hope the teachers don't take it really like a rush. So, so take your time, just sit down, pick out like a one, you know, solid, a good book, uh, Asian American history book, or if you're, People like me, like, you know, the PBS is a beautiful documentary just to spend some time to really learn about, you know, what was it like being an Asian in the United States, even like really early in the beginning, like, you know, right after American Revolution, you know, United, United States already started to go to the China or Asia and then the relations starting from there. So okay, Asian American history just doesn't just start with the gold rush and end with like a Japanese incarceration. It goes all the way back. So if you spend some time reading book or watching some documentary, have some big understanding, then that will get you, wow, there's many pieces, many like entry point that, you know, let's say I'm third grade teacher and I'm teaching, let's say, Westward invasion after a civil war or kind of thing. Then, you know, based on the, what you see and what you learn about it, you will find that there is a certain spot that I can like weave Asian American voices, Asian American perspective in teaching about Westward invasion or, you know, civil war or like a reconstruction era moving on to the older like you know um american imperialism like a 
like a cold American imperial during the like Spanish American war. So you will find the, the places where you can make a change, right? And also the, the, for the teachers that don't feel like, that, that's also another thing. My students, when they first learn about, wow, so much, they like a low and say like, oh, I feel lied. I, all the things I love is lie. Well, so they feel like then like, you know, they're overwhelmed, right? Like, where do I start? There's just so much. And I don't know all the things. How do I, do, you know, get to learn and the, put it into everything. So in order to, you know, overcome those of being overwhelmed is that, you know, you don't have to do it. Nobody, you know, come and watch you, you do this or that way. So spend some time, maybe, you know, this year focusing on maybe two units, two units that you really wanted to make a change. Or even, even, you know, it can be just, okay, it's just one. Summer, spend some time. Okay, this time, World War II, I'm fifth grade teacher. I'm always teaching World War II unit. And I didn't know in even Georgia standard, there's nothing about Japanese incarceration or the World War II in the Pacific about what, what you know, United States did to the Philippines is at their colony. Then two topic, right? Then spend some time, create a unit plan so then you are ready to run at that year. And then next year, maybe, okay, then, what about civil rights movement? I can, how can I bring the Asian American perspective, a yellow power movement in when I'm teaching about, you know, civil rights movement. So don't feel overwhelmed and just like a one at a time, one unit plan and then one lesson, and then you move up, you build on to another and another. I think that, that, that would be a good start. Don't try, nobody can try to at once. Even I don't know all the, you know, even like, you know, I'm confident about all the, like, uh, the, uh, the episode of American, Asian American history, but I'm doing like a, but the part that I'm really passionate about. And also kind of like a, okay, it's a coincidence, right? Well, my kids now, they learn about like, you know, the, the spiritual American world. What the story is missing here? And then I'm studying, I'm, I'm talking with my kids and then I'm trying out the teachers, like I try to kind of join me to like a rewrite their unit kind of thing. So it's just one at a time. Well, and as a reminder to everyone, you wrote a lesson. That's what this episode is about. So if you're if you're not sure what your first lesson is, you, you could do the uh, the the inquiry into multicolored stories of school desegregation. And it can this lesson can be done. It's written for first graders, which is great. You could do the same lesson, the principles of it in high school, and just add in some different sources, some different readings. Um, and so please, we have really, we'll really work on making sure these show notes have everything that we mentioned here. So the, from the Asian Americans on PBS to, if anyone wants to join me in a book club, I'm right now reading the making of Asian America by Erica Lee. So, so that's, oh. that's the Dr. Noreen Rodriguez uh, recommended it to us a long time ago. And I started it a couple of times and met, you know, and the semester got busy. And so I said, I need to finish this book because I've, I've found it. The story of Asian American history really is incredible. So, so if you want to join me, uh, feel free wow. to let me know. But I we've love got- it. Yeah, Eric, Dr. Lee, she's just amazing historian. And she's a, not just historian, right? She's an activist. And also her recent book, if I, if you have a time after then you after book club, her new book is 2019 came about like history, the history of the xenophobia in the United States. So she, not just about Asian American history, all through the U.S. history, how the xenophobia started, how mm-hmm. it uh, turned out with the Trump era and now with uh, this whole COVID. So that is well, we And Dr. Lee is, is to me, when I look, when I search for Asian American histories, I often find her work. And so I will, we'll be sure to link both of those in the, in the show notes. So yeah. are we well, doing book you. clubs now, Dan? <laughs> I, I'm always doing, trying to do book clubs. I usually do them solo and talk to myself, but, but you, you can join me, Michael. Sure.
All right. There we go. All right. We got two people. So we'll see if we can get some more. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, Dr. On. We really appreciate all the work that you've been doing for many years. And, and we hope people uh, can really learn a bit from you to, so we can do better. And as you know, both in schools to help prepare citizens who can, who can, you know, make a more just society. So thank you. Thank you so much. Like listening to me and inviting me. Oh, we were thrilled to have you on. <laughs> So where can our listeners find you or your work online? Well, I don't know. I'm not really like a, uh, active with a Twitter or other like a social media. I do Facebook. It's mostly about like, you know, connecting with my Korean diaspora, like my friends and my families in Korea. So it's a lot of it, my kids and what I'm doing. Other than that, with my work, maybe I, I think I have like, what is the Google Scholar page, but I don't know even how that looks like. I don't even visit there. Even I my- visit it. I you- visit it more than you then maybe. I go and look okay. and see what work you publish. So, well, we, we certainly could add the Google Scholar page, any other contact information anyone may have. And then the show notes will have a lot of these resources. Okay. And also I can share, I can follow up with an email that like maybe some of the article that it might go well with the, the, the article that we talked about today. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and again, thank you so much, Dr. On, for joining us today. We certainly hope to continue the discussion online in yeah. my book club that everyone's going to join, right? I, I will I will wait a little bit to keep, I'll read slow. I'll read really deep and slow so people can, can get the book and join me. I got it, by the way, I have a copy, a hard copy, but I got it free through the audiobook, free through my library. So, mm-hmm. um, so you may be able to get that too. And so we'll continue the discussion in all those places. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So at the Visions of Education podcast, we're all about sharing the learning. If you're doing something fun or creative in education, tweet us at Visions of Ed. We're also on Facebook and apparently now in a book club near you. And (laughs) if you haven't already, and really, come on, subscribe to Visions of Education on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you'd like us to be. We'll be there. And we also are always checking every day, hitting the refresh button, seeing if we got any new five-star reviews. Please leave us one that helps people find our podcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Kratka. That I'm at 42. Thank you. Until next time, this is the Visions of Education podcast. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>